1: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. If you're listening to us via iTunes or Spotify or just one of those things, welcome and hope you enjoy the show. My two co hosts, uh, Welshie and Lyle, good day, guys. A very
2: good day. Very good day to you, Tony. The Brood beating uh, Honky Tonk Man as our music for the week. Yeah, and look, I know The Brood's the better song, but why are people not? obsessed with just picking the rubbish song because it'd be uh, hilarious to hear it open the podcast like he'll first hillbilly jim loses now this one loses i'm just going to keep putting him on the pole till they win
3: is there two versions of the honky tonk man tune maybe we can put them against each other at least you'll you'll get a win there
2: or i could have like the the version yep. and then tony karaokeing the song as the second version That'd actually play all right tony i reckon mm.
1: Uh, that's not a bad idea, actually, because there are a few wrestlers who have had a couple of different versions of their intro music. Maybe you could put one up against the other and we.
2: I could do that. Yeah. Mm. Like Doink the Clown or something like that. Surely there's a lot of. Doink's only got one music, hasn't he? You'll have to karaoke that one is is that as, that as well. the carnival type music. Yeah, like. No, yeah. no, that's
3: Tony's bit. Don't don't karaoke it. <laughs> 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 there you
2: go, Tony. That sort of
1: stuff. <laughs> you didn't have to dance while doing it. Uh, if you want to support us, folks, subscribe on iTunes dancing. and leave us a review. It does help us when you do that. Uh, it shows people that people are listening and they do like the show. So I would love to see your uh, or don't review. like the show. It could be a bad review. It, no, we don't want those. Don't want those. Uh, Jack Bonza last week was fantastic, boys. Yeah, it was really good.
3: Yeah, loves a a good chat. So all the feedback's been pretty good.
2: Welshie. yeah, a lot of people really enjoyed hearing that insight into why the way PWA booked their shows and in particular the way they when they changed venues they felt like they didn't have uh, credible title contenders and the way they've booked around that and got to the point now where titles can mean a lot more.
3: Yeah, I know that's been a bit of talk online about that stuff so it was good to shine a light on that stuff so it was
1: great it certainly was all right let's move on to our guest tonight uh we've had him on before guys he was on here last year with you blokes he is the godfather of perth wrestling some might even say the godfather of australian wrestling full stop his name is davis storm and he joins us on the line now g'day davis
0: a very good day, lads. How are
1: we tonight? See, everyone <laughs> knows, been Tony. Everyone knows. He's
0: been, oh, hey, we're excellent, mate. We're, we're excellent. How are you over there in Perth? Yeah, beautiful sunny day here. Nothing to complain about. Uh, the weather's been beautiful, actually. Nice and cool in the evening and uh, beautiful and sunny during the day.
2: Well, last time we had you on, or we interrupted your own birthday celebrations. We're not, There's no like anniversary or child's birthday or communion or something that we're interrupting today, is there?
0: you are actually three days short of my son's eighth birthday. Oh, jeez. We'll call back. So very good timing. <laughs> Say actually, happy
3: I... birthday to, to him from On the Turnbuckle. Hopefully he's a listener. <laughs> Certainly
0: will.
1: I'm interested to
2: save <laughs> a storm, do communion. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we do see uh, a little bit of your son on your Instagram account. It looks like he's almost ready to get in the ring now.
0: Yeah, look, I've tried to keep him as active as possible and uh, obviously one of the advantages he has as a kid that I certainly didn't have when I was younger is his father has access to a wrestling ring. So <laughs> he he tends to come down to training with me maybe uh, once a fortnight or so. Just uh, whenever I go down there on the weekends, he tends to accompany me, both him and, uh, and my daughter as well. So they they love getting in the ring and just having a bit of a... A bounce around and as kids tend to they've gotten quite familiar with it already so um, I'm certainly not I'm not training them and I'm not pushing them towards it but um, I think just naturally they've they've sort of gravitated towards it a little bit
3: and, and what's their psychology like because they look a bit spotty to me
0: <laughs> yeah look the, the young fella's a big spot monkey there's, there's a lot of look at look at me look at me going on
2: nothing wrong with that too many Osprey matches.
0: <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with Osprey no, matches. There no,
2: is, there definitely is not. He's great psychology.
1: It, does it become a, uh, a father-son thing, you guys sitting on the couch watching some WWE and all that sort of stuff?
0: We do watch a little bit, but he's, um, he's a pretty active young fella, and, and same with my daughter. She's very active too. So trying to get them to sit down for an average length WWE show, you know, two, three, four hours is just uh, there's no chance of that happening. So it's generally more I can watch one or two things and then they'll drag me off the couch for a bit and then we'll come back to it later. So, you know, NXT Takeover tends to drag out to be a four or five hour event for me. Okay, yeah, I look
2: out with the 24 hour WrestleMania we've got coming up.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 375 bouts. <Yeah>. <laughs> that is actually that, that's really funny you say that I, i've always thought that having the kids wrestlemania would be a really big deal for me coming around and being able to watch them uh watch it with them on the network but um it's just too bloody long mm. and i have no idea how to break it down in a format that they would actually enjoy it it's just too much to watch really need to just pick and choose a match at a time and that's really all i can time down so trying to Trying to say to the kids you want them to watch a five or six-hour shows is just there's absolutely no chance. Yeah, maybe
2: just the two matches with the Aussies in them to start with.
0: Yeah, that'll be a really good start. That'll be a really good start. They do. They do. They point at the TV and say, there's Cass.
1: Occasionally, so love it.
0: (laughs) Just just before we move on to other things, the
1: final one on the kids. So they obviously come along on a on a Saturday night to watch you and the uh, the team wrestle. Do they get into it? I mean, there was one. I remember one time when I was actually in the ring doing some ground announcing. One of the guys came out and broke a piece of wood over my head, and my son wasn't expecting it, and he actually broke down crying, thinking that I was really hurt and all that sort of stuff. the The kids understand that that's that sort of stuff in the ring with you.
0: Uh, I've never taken them to a show proper, not not one that I'm wrestling on anyway. So I've taken them to a few. We do some shows for the local Malaga markets here where we okay. – um, and th- those shows are very much toned down. It's, yeah. um, it's more sort of yuck-yuck wrestling rather than us going out there trying to kill each other. So I've taken them to a few of those, and I think they have a fair – understanding of what's going on but it still can be pretty confronting to see someone that you love and care about yeah. being thrown around a wrestling ring so um i i especially for my daughter she's she's a little bit younger i tried to crawl over near her when i could and just smile or wink at her just so she knew i was okay
3: sounds like responsible parenting on davis's part unlike yourself tony Mick Foley and uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: beyond the mat there to, to terrorize your kid <laughs> But what, draw, what, what draws better hate than a pure reaction from a, a child concerned for their father? Oh, no, and he was—he was in tears and crying, and "You've killed my dad!" Because I
1: was lying <laughs> prostrate on the ground, had the uh, the old blood capsule pulling down the side, and, and then and then when I came back after the halftime break, and I had my head in a bandage and all this sort
0: of stuff, he was horrified. Yeah. Absolutely, I didn't realise the effect that it would have on them. I mean, look, it's okay to scar your kids in the name of entertainment. You didn't have to wear the bandage on your head for the next four days, though. No,
1: that's true. I, I, have, I,
0: I sold it well.
2: <laughs> um, I was just gonna mention you—you talk about uh, burgers a lot online. Is there a—is there yeah, a burger yeah. in Perth A that everyone needs to try? And are there any left for you that you haven't tried yet?
0: Um, there's, there's one place called Hood Burger that I haven't tried yet, that has a really good reputation. Um, that'd probably be the one that I'm, I'm hanging out for at the moment. Um, for most of the burger lovers in Perth, I think it comes down to a contest between two with an outside third. So short order burger company is one that's just fantastic. Is that in Northbridge? Uh, they do have a place in the city and then I think they've got another one in Fremantle yeah, as well. Exactly. Um, but there's, there's theirs just fantastic and, uh, Royals, uh, Royals have a little more variety at theirs, but, um, again, just top quality burgers. The the one for me coming in at a, a close third would be meat and bun, which is also lovely. Do, do the Royals have a Royale with cheese and what do they call it? They they do, and that is exactly what they call it.
2: <laughs> now, definitely, next time you're in Melbourne, we're uh, we're promising we're going to take you out for a burger.
0: Okay, I'm not I'm not hard to be dragged along for a burger, so I'm I'm 100 in there. Let's
2: you're a cheaper date than Gino. Let's just say oh, that. Goodness me, <laughs> he was salivating over the one and a half kilo steak, which was 150 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> nearly, broke, nearly broke our budget for the year in one fee. He was wondering why I was just eating bread.
0: <laughs> you you got to know when you take the superstar big boy on a dinner date. He's he's going to eat like a big boy.
1: Yeah, ain't that the truth? What what constitutes a good burger for you?
0: Uh, for me, just a a nice patty with a bun that is nice and soft, but not one that just evaporates in your hands, and then you're you're left just holding a. Patty covered in mush, um, and then just generally nice, nice smooth cheese. Um, again, nothing, nothing too offensive that sort of takes over the flavor of the burger. It just helps add that texture to it. And then most places tend to do some sort of uh, specialty sauce that that only they do. So if they can nail those basic elements, decent sauce, decent bun, and not one that's too thick, not one that's too thin. Um, that can just sort of leave the the meat and the cheese as sort of the star attractions. Mm. I think that's the most important thing. So
1: you're not a beetroot, bacon, egg, pineapple? No, beetroot. No.
0: Ugh. Look, I'm definitely I'm I'm not into I'm not into beetroot or pineapple, but I would say two of my favourite burgers tend to be fried chicken burgers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um I have a deep affinity for fried chicken and um burgers that have some combination of jalapenos and spicy sauce in there, I'm very partial to that as well.
3: What, what, what's your thoughts on a brioche bun on a burger?
0: Um, I think that's generally probably the way to go. Oh, um, really? oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I've, nice. A, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the other buns I've had where they've tried to do something different have kind of taken – Taken away from the flavor of the the patty quite significantly, um, that said, you know some of the places obviously the places that have put the time and effort into into forming their burgers one piece at a time uh, there's some places out there doing fantastic buns so
2: I think I'm going to get a burger on the way home yeah good I idea. am
0: absolutely starving now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's get on to wrestling then.
3: Yeah, wrestling. Oh, <laughs> you brought up the markets and the the wrestling earlier. Um, you had a couple of our young guys come over. They had a lot of matches in a short span of time. When, uh Tyson and in the Jeff, Perth show in the Perth show, um, how does how does um, more wrestlers from the rest of Australia get it behind some, something like that?
0: I mean, we're we're looking at doing the the Royal Show here in Perth again. This year, um, I'm I'm fairly certain, fairly confident at this stage we're going to get it. But we've even last year we reached out to a couple of the major promotions, uh, major schools who we already have a little bit of affiliation with, and just asked if anyone was willing to put forward some names to to be over here for the week. And, uh, You know, Jet Ruka and the other bloke who we don't speak about <laughs> in these parts anymore. They uh, they came over for a a week worth of matches here and I mean really those guys were they were fantastic they were a real revelation over here and they're you know they're working three matches a day over eight days some pretty sore bodies at the end of it uh, but I feel it was a it was rewarding for them um, I think they were able to learn a lot in that short space of time and you're, you're having to adjust to slightly different crowds depending on what day it is you're not necessarily getting a wrestling crowd in there you're just getting people who are wandering through the show um so it's a good experience trying to get a lot of matches under your belt in a short space of time and they were both able to get in there with some experienced guys as well um myself damien slater gavin mcgavin so we were able to give them feedback in real time probably the most important feedback i think i gave tyson was please don't jump on my goddamn leg ever again <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> yes we'll get into that a bit later um but jet definitely said that he thinks he learnt more from that 10-day excursion than what he had in the two previous years and uh, i know i was talking to a young wrestler over here recently who i i rate quite highly um Royce Chambers and I encouraged him to reach out to you in case there was an opportunity for him to do something similar to that sure
0: yep yeah no look the uh, the opportunity is definitely there it's as I said there's there's three sessions a day for us uh which is 24 sessions for the week and that's that's a fairly hefty load for everyone to carry so the we're, we're generally keen to try and get some bodies in there and uh try and get everybody some experience while obviously still getting our guys some matches in there as well and providing a great product. But I, I completely agree with him. There there's, there's, there aren't many things that you can't learn from practice um, that you can learn on the job, but the things that you can learn on the job that you can't learn in training uh, are really important pieces to the puzzle. And... It's just something that you can't get in training, unfortunately. You get it through interacting with a crowd, through listening to a crowd, reacting to to the way they're reacting. And those things just don't come in in a training setting.
2: Yeah, and the opportunity for a a young wrestler to get in the ring with someone like you and Damian Slater and Gavin McGavin, um, I mean, they might be waiting five years to get in the ring with someone with that sort of experience. And to get that, you know, in quick repetition, uh, it's... Money can't buy an experience like that.
0: Those, I'll put them over one more time. Those, those lads were both fantastic. So they, they, when uh, James from the MCW Academy and just from MCW more broadly, when he suggested these guys to come over, i had never heard of them. Um, so I just took James's word. We have a very good relationship. I trust uh, Jimmy's opinion on these things. So, but we didn't know what to expect. So the first day we were putting them in there with experienced heads, just because we weren't sure what we were going to get, um, and they just blew us away on the first day. Uh, they were, they they showed a level of seasoning and experience that I probably wasn't expecting from them. Um, and then I just think they got better and better and more refined as the days went on. They sort of learnt what things were working and what wasn't, um, and where and when to mix things up as well. So, yeah, it's um, it, they were they were both great, and I, I'm glad to hear that it was it was as good an influence on them as uh they were a great influence on the shows here also. So.
2: Yeah, and they're getting their rewards now uh regular bookings in MCW so Yeah, they're yeah, um, it's
3: great it's great to say. Yeah, they're big names in Melbourne, uh Jet and his mate, I think they're being booked <laughs> now,
1: so <laughs> <laughs> Jet and the other guy, the yeah. man formerly known as yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought he was trying to make make, my, make his name off uh, off injuring me, but uh, nobody nobody will still speak his name. It's funny how that works,
1: David. So uh, one in regards to the distance in Perth, and uh, tyranny of distances sort of caused Perth and WA to have that little bit of a separate life to the rest of Australia. Does that remain in wrestling as well? We see it a lot in other sports, but is uh, wrestling over there very insular, or do you guys? Really take notice of what's happening over in the uh, in the eastern states
0: um, I think it depends on the individuals so I know when I was when I had no other commitments and wrestling was the only thing that I was focusing on I was still very aware of everything that was going on around the country I' l- like to keep an eye on things and just see who the up and coming names are who the guys are that are working on top just a just to get a sense of what's going on and um, how other promotions are doing. I like to keep an eye on things as much as possible. Um, Now it's a little bit harder. I would like to say that I I stay on top of everything and really I do, but in a very casual social media kind of way. Um, I take a glance at things. Sometimes something catches my attention and I'll give it a bit of time, but we we live in a GIF or JIF generation at the moment where, you, you get little dribs and drabs of information and you sort of make a, a bit of a assessment on that. But I would say the same is true here in Perth now. So the guys who don't have any other commitments, they are, they are definitely still focused on everything that's going on around the country. But for someone like myself or some of the other experienced guys who do have some other commitments, um, it can be hard trying to track everything uh, there's just so much going on at the moment. Um, it's a very exciting time for, for wrestling and Australian wrestling, uh, but it's it's, it's it's exhausting trying to keep up with it all. So no,
1: It is. And, uh, yeah. and that question was sort of a, a prelude to the next one, and we, we put this to Jack Bonza last week in New South Wales, talking about uh, two weekends ago here in, in Melbourne where we had PCW at 2100 Fans and we had uh, MCW with just over 600 fans at their event. Does that excite the Perth wrestling scene? Knowing that 2,700 local fans came to see local wrestling on a weekend in Melbourne,
0: I'm very, I'm very excited for Melbourne um, and very excited more broadly for Australian <laughs> wrestling. But in terms of our own attendance and buzz here in Perth, I'd say I'm actually quite frustrated um, and. Whether or not this is simply, I know how much effort the guys and girls in Sydney and Melbourne are putting into their products at the moment, so I'm certainly not, I don't want to diminish the work that goes into creating the buzz that leads to the results that are currently going on, and we're still trying to figure that out at the moment. We are are a promotion who in the past um, had a lot of buzz, and we don't have that at the moment and it's it's quite frustrating trying to figure out what the what the secret to the source is. We're um we're trying our best to to put as much effort into into things behind the scene as we as we can, but I would say up until this stage the independent wrestling buzz that there is um around the world right now, I'd say it really hasn't arrived in Perth. Um either it hasn't arrived in Perth or we've been, uh, I think Perth Wrestling in general, has been unable to capitalise on it just yet. So working out exactly what needs to be done, what adjustments need to be made in order to capitalise on that, uh, definitely needs to continue to be looked into. But it's hard to not get into a game where you're just constantly second-guessing yourself and uh, a lack of consistency obviously won't lead to results either. So its it's incredibly... Exciting seeing those things happen for those crews and full credit to all of them involved. You know, PWA selling out shows and then selling out the front row to the next month's show before the, the shows even happened mm. is just remarkable. Um, we we obviously are striving to try and achieve those kind of results here as well.
2: Uh, things like Mikey Nichols coming back, uh, <clears throat> that, that hopefully will have some sort of an effect on your crowd numbers because of what he's been able to achieve not only in the last three years, but in the last couple of months.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's certainly the hope. And I hope that other promotions around Australia, although it looks at the moment like the, the success that's happening in Melbourne and Sydney, uh, you know, I'm not sure whether they need to draw on that quite so much. But um, for us, definitely, we, we need that Uh, we need that buzz and we also we need that credibility we need the the talent and the skills that Mikey brings to the show as well so it's it's an exciting time to have Mike back at home Um, it's obviously also exciting for him to be back in New Japan Um, yeah I, I hope you know New Japan is is kind of one of the things that led that independent wrestling charge. Uh, you know, New Japan obviously is not independent wrestling, but I think uh, just in the buzz that's been inc- uh, created, I suppose we'd call it alternative wrestling in that it's an alternative to what everyone understood as being the, the homogeny that is the WWE. So it's, um, it's really exciting to have Mike home. And I'm hoping that some fans who are into New Japan Pro Wrestling or are into indie, indie wrestling on a, on a wider scale, they start to come and check out our shows because I truly believe we've got a fantastic live show. Uh, we just need to get people in the door so that they can see it. And uh, I think we can create believers out of them.
3: Now, uh, I read a funny story that you shared on Twitter last week about you meeting <laughs> a fan. Uh, yeah. And he, he spoke about a kid that he's seen wrestle... Suzuki, uh, you want to tell us how that, how that went down?
0: So I was, I was going about my shopping at the, at the local, and I was doing my best to actually avoid the table. They had some ambush marketers there, two guys in the middle. I don't know what they are selling. They are selling home gas, I think. Um, but I did my best to avoid them, so I was kind of minding my own business. I generally, when I'm in public, I keep one... Headphone in. I'm I'm constantly listening to podcasts, uh, much like your very own good podcast there. Um, but I was I was I was strolling along, sort of minding my own business, and I noticed that one of these ambush marketers started almost jogging alongside me. I thought, oh shit, <laughs> what's what's going on here? So I I glanced up and just sort of smiled at him, and he put his hand up to try and grab my attention what's he trying to sell me? And uh, so he he points at my shirt, and I was wearing a EPW School of Pro Wrestling shirt, which has a caricature of one man giving another man a Boston Crab. And he said, oh, you're a fan, are you? I said, oh. I, n- I never like to assume that anyone's ever going to know who I am. So I said, yeah, you could say that. And then he proceeded to ask if I saw the EPW wrestlers at the New Japan show last year. And I said, yes, actually, I, I had a very good seat to see <laughs> the EPW wrestlers on the New Japan show last year. And he said, oh, they all did so well, especially that young kid, Davis Storm. Geez, he, he wow. took an absolute beating from, uh, from Minoru Suzuki, you know, good on him for getting in there and and just uh putting his best foot forward, and at this point, I kind of thought he was taking the piss and <laughs> i was I was waiting to see if he reacted and no no reaction whatsoever not a not a smile no no hint of sarcasm and then he proceeded to give me some updates on who AE, AEW were and how exciting <laughs> they were and they're going to revolutionize the industry and then he waved goodbye and uh let me go about my day but I just, I I could not believe, I thought there's no chance that this guy either isn't going to recognise me or he, uh, if he doesn't recognise me, that he's not going to be able to join the dots once he starts speaking. He even, how could he bring my name <laughs> up and be standing right next to me and not realise who he's talking to, so... Now, uh, well,
1: now the worst I, part about it is, is if you had of introduced yourself, he might have said, "Gee, you did take a bloody beating. You've aged in twelve months."
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think everyone only seems to recognise me with uh, spiky hair and uh, a chest that's been beaten to <laughs> beaten to mincemeat. So
2: maybe it's like the old thing I don't get. Yeah, maybe it's like the old when uh, when you're seventeen and someone asks you if you've heard the latest band and you're just like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I have." Um, you know, he might have been just like Davis Storm's a name he knew, so he went. With he it. knew a name. <laughs> he, threw,
0: he threw it out there. Yeah. Gosh, no, never never a dumb moment uh, when you're involved in pro wrestling.
2: Earlier on, you touched on um, the when that other bloke uh, injured your leg at the Perth show, and you spent a bit yes, of time sir. on the sidelines. Um, one of your old sparring partners, Carlo Cannon, has had a, a rough run with injury lately. And I was wondering if you could um, give some insight on when, you're, when you get a long-term injury and you're on the other side of 30, what kind of things go through your mind that probably wouldn't have affected you when you're 22?
0: Uh, I'm not sure that it wouldn't have gone through my mind at 22. Uh, but that injury... And and I don't say this to just heap on the young man. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Tyson. I think he's a fantastic young wrestler. But um, I don't say this to heap on him. That that was one of the more painful injuries I've probably ever had. And just the the lasting effects of it. I've, I've been messaging Carlo uh, in the last couple of weeks. We've we've known each other for a very long time. And the the leg injuries in particular are. Extremely painful, and it affects your every day. There's no if, – if you break your wrist, you can still get around. You can probably still drive, probably not too safely, not having a second hand available at the wheel, but you can get around. You can get on about your day, and you to some extent, you can isolate the pain. the The leg injury that I had was just so painful that every time blood rushed through my leg, it was just – like somebody was stabbing my leg and it turns you it turns you into a completely different human being and I think that this is something probably that people who are going through long-term issues with mental illness or uh, people who deal with physical pain that isn't going away um, it, it transforms you your your ability to crack a smile to um, turn the other cheek to uh, offer help to somebody. It's all just evaporated. You you, uh, you just don't have the energy or the mental capacity to deal with it. You're just trying to deal with the here and now. Um, Carlo's injury is obviously far more significant than mine is. Even mine, I was um, I was completely on crutches for, I think, maybe three weeks. And then after that, in a state of hobbling, probably for another good four weeks. I think it was probably it was probably close to two and a half months before I was comfortably back in the gym and using my legs again, um, and probably about the same time away from being in a wrestling ring as well. And you're, we're we're all creatures of habit. Most most humans are creatures of habit. To have uh, this part of your life which is so significant to you. And um, I can't imagine for Carlo where the, the school and his wrestling is, that's his entire identity almost. I know I know, I know he still works, but that, that makes up a huge part of his week every single week. Uh, for me, I go to wrestling training once or twice a week. I probably hit the gym two to three times a week. To have that stripped away from you, which is a path of your routine but not just a part of your routine it's a part of your identity as well that you you've been involved in pro wrestling so long that you identify this as being such a strong part of your personality to have that taken away from you really makes you second guess everything that's every choice that you've made that's led you to that moment and you you really do start to you even at my my age where I'm I'm 39 now and I think Generally, if you find me on an average day, I'm not somebody that beats myself up anymore. i spent a lot of years doing that, and I'm just not that person anymore. I'm quite comfortable with who I am. I'm quite comfortable with where I'm at in life. But if you strip away all these things that I do, all these things that are a part of my makeup, and then on top of that, I'm also not getting the physical release that helps take away some of that energy that leads to the overthinking, Um I am a completely different person and it does make you wonder what you've done with your life. And if i if I had to live with this injury for the rest of my life, how would I feel about everything that I'd, I'd done up until this point? And I'd like to think I'm someone who generally can accept uh, where I'm at in life. And I can generally accept that I'm a decent human being. Um, but it, it, it just strips away a part of who you are and, uh, I'm sure Carlo's going through some incredibly tough times at the moment and my heart very much goes out to him. And it's it's hard in this industry and I think people are getting better at it. And I've, I've tried to be one of the people leading the way in that respect that there, there are people who I've reached out to in the past who I don't really have any connection to them outside of the fact that we're bonded by wrestling. I didn't have a long-term relationship with them or we hadn't had matches together or none of that history that you you build with people but i would see that they get badly hurt and it was really important to me to reach out to them and make sure that they were okay and wrestling wrestling is an industry of very fast friends i think people like to paint that sometimes as people aren't genuine or people are uh, people aren't good friends and I, I don't believe that's true i don't believe that there's a significant amount of bad people involved in wrestling that just aren't involved in other areas of life. But uh, we, we are constantly looking for the next hit. We, yeah, for some of us, it's, it's getting in the ring. It's forming those relationships with people. Those are all exciting things. Every, everybody likes to, everybody wants to fall in love. The actual act of being in love and getting on with your, your life together. That's not as exciting I think, for most people, especially people involved in the wrestling industry. So it's always been really important to me to reach out to those people because it is very easy to feel like you are being forgotten and you are being left behind. And I think we see that in... We don't see it so much in Australian wrestling, probably, because we haven't had the highs that Jake Roberts or Scott Hall or any of those guys might have had in their heyday. But you can see how hard it is for those guys... To let it go and I think part of that is trying to stay relevant, trying to stay connected to this thing which has been such a huge part of their life and when you're injured uh, as you said on the other side of 30, it, it can make you question everything about who you are and the choices that you've made that have led you to where you are and it's 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 just a leg injury at the end of the day but it, it's it's pretty harrowing stuff
1: and add to that the fact that you also have a family as well you you think it even harder, don't you?
0: Yeah, definitely. But yeah. I I have had to I've had to offer many apologies for the way I acted over those couple of months because I was I was not a lot of fun to live with. Mm. And my my wife, who is not the biggest wrestling fan in the world, she she loves EPW. She's been a part of EPW since day one, but she's definitely not a wrestling fan. Um she just carried the ball for the two of us while I was out injured um, and on top of that to, to sort of have me struggling with, struggling with my own mind at the same time. Um, she did an amazing job just keeping the house on track. But, yeah, it's, uh, you, know, you, feel, you already feel like you're being left, left behind and then you kind of feel like a failure as a father as well because this choice that you've made uh, means that you can't take care of your kids and that's, that's a horrible feeling.
2: Yeah, and I mean Carlo's been quite open about the fact that messages from his peers and fans have really been a godsend for him during this time because I mean he's such a big personality and a lot of people like to be around Carlo and draw his energy, but sometimes it's, you know, nice to give some of that back to someone when they're struggling.
0: Definitely. I'm I'm a great believer in in you you receive back over time what you put out and I don't, I don't ever do any good in the world expecting that someone's going to hand me a $50 note in return. But you just hope that over time, as you, as you continue to put um, positive vibes out into the world, that when you're struggling and you need it, people will reach out. And to be perfectly honest, that's been my experience is the more that i put it out there, the more that has come back to me in return.
3: Uh, just on the on the back of that, you shared something earlier in the week. I think it was a Will Ospreay promo where he showed actually a lot of passion. It was a great promo. Um, yep. That you like to use your in-ring time as a sort of therapy. Do you want to touch on on that, how that helps you?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I'll preface this by saying that I, uh, a good friend of ours through EPW, him and his, his wife are both uh, actors and actresses. They... They've, um, they do. He does puppeteering in particular, and he's he's had some very successful shows that have gone all over the world and won awards. And I spoke to them recently because they're both they're both lovely people and they're very happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Where is your darkness? I can't find your darkness." And she actually said to me, "She finds it a little bit lazy as an actor to lean back on that all the time." that um it's she she finds it a little lazy at your craft if you just rely on i have these i have this anger inside me that I just have to get out and i I can certainly see where I can certainly see where that thought comes from, but that's that's not me at all i've always um I've been someone who from a very young age I was someone who who overthinks a lot um I had an overprotective stepdad and a brother who tried their best to keep me away from uh, bullying or just anything where they thought I could be physically hurt. But in, in turn, they built up this fear of physical altercations in me that I was completely unable to deal with that sort of situation if it ever came around. Um, Through wrestling, I've learned that there's nothing to fear about a broken nose or a broken arm. (laughs) (laughs) I've done both of those things. And, I just got on with the match. Uh, it wasn't something I was scared of. It didn't hurt me. Um, but uh, in high school, I was subject to w- what I would call a very small amount of bullying. Um, it wasn't anything particularly physical. I, you know, I, I probably got punched a few times here and there. But mostly it was just the intimidation of people knowing that I was afraid of that, that physical altercation and being able to hold that over my head. And that's been something that I've been able to draw on in my wrestling life a lot. Between that and um, for all the good that my, my stepdad did, he was very much someone who had worked hard to get into his government job. And he very much believed that the path in life was just to go to school, do very well at school, go to university, get a degree, get a job, settle down, buy a house, have a family. And talk about pro wrestling would just infuriate him. I was, I was a pretty high level tennis player as well. Um, I loved basketball. I would have, uh, and I've never been diagnosed, but I think I probably lean a little ADD on the spectrum. Um, and I'm a, I'm a very physical person. That's something that speaks to me very naturally. Um, so between him and teachers and other people just telling me you can't, you can't, you can't, um, That's been something that I've drawn on heavily for inspiration both in my training and then also translating that to the ring. So I can't, especially I started as a heel, which was probably um, a more comfortable setting for me because it's, in Australia in particular, I find it's easier to go out there with a chip on your shoulder and get people to boo you than it is to really open up and expose yourself Mm. and then almost beg people to cheer you, which it's not a particularly Australian thing to do. We we like to make fun of people. We like to we like to abuse uh, athletes. And I think it's it can be quite daunting when you're still learning your craft to go out there and expect people to cheer you. And um, I very much leaned on all those negative voices in my head to carry me through not just uh, not just through my training and. Not just in creating a persona, but very much in in trying to carry me through tough moments in the ring as well, when you are tired and you don 't want to get up and you don 't want to go that one more time, uh, those voices are a, a very good reminder to you that you want to you want to prove those voices wrong, you want to shut those voices up, and I think being able to to tap into that. It's not something that I carry around with me every day and uh, every person that cuts me off in traffic. I'm like, ah, (laughs) there's the bully from high school again, just trying to take something from me. But being able to tap into your emotions, it's not just good for your art. It's therapeutic for you as a human being as well. So I, I am, I'm not aware of what Will's issues are, but you can see it when he gets in the ring. You can see he spills his life over into the ring. The way he attacks everything, the intensity you he's not he's not making that up while he's in there. It's not fake funny ha ha pro wrestling this is it's It's very serious to him when he's in there um and I believe that's because you know obviously it's pro wrestling he's not in a fight with the other person across the ring, but you can very much see your own demons in the person across the ring from you and not in a way that causes you to be reckless or violent, but just in a way that forces you to expose yourself and uh, let that energy out because you can't can't hold on to that forever. And maybe that is why when guys are struggling with things like injuries that, that take them away from the ring and take them away from that expression... Uh, they can struggle a bit because there's there's not that same cathartic release that there is when you have a match.
1: Well, Davis, we can uh, thank you because since you've last been on, we actually do have listeners. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they do send us in some questions to fire to our uh, guests. And we've got a couple for you now before we say goodbye. And from Jamie the Bean, sorry, the Breen. He's not a yes. Bean, he's the Breen. He could uh, be a Bean. He could be a Bean. Palmy or Palmer?
0: Oh. Palmy.
1: No, it's Parma.
0: It's a Parma jar. <laughs> We've had a whole food war over the oh. last 12 months, haven't we?
2: Yeah. Palmy. This will it's come up a- again in three weeks, don't worry. Yeah, it doesn't go away. <laughs> We've got Gino back
0: in.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got another one from Twitter. DJFAE. Um, what's your favourite pizza topping?
0: Jesus, the food night. Oh, you know, I saw this one and I had a good hard think about it. There are a lot of things that go into making a good pizza, but I think as an, as an added flavor in a pizza, I think I can't go past either olives or jalapenos.
2: Nice. I like okay. that. I'm just glad you didn't say pineapple.
0: <laughs> All be <true>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, I got a question from Jet Roker. Uh, who's got the worst frog splash in the business?
0: Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Don't, don't doubt Tyson Baxter. <laughs> Poor guy.
1: <laughs> Davis, it's been great having you on. Only uh, a couple of weeks away now until EPW presents Gold Rush. Every title on the line. And, of course, uh, the return of Mikey Nichols into the ring over there in Perth. Uh, for our Perth listeners, still tickets available. Uh, where, can they, where can they get them from?
0: Uh, They can get them from showtickets.com.au. Actually, that's the best place to get them. I'm sure we'll have a limited amount left on the door, but it's always best to secure your ticket and make sure you get the best seat in the house.
1: It certainly is. And if our listeners want to get in touch with you via social, how do they do that as well?
0: Um, I'm pretty sure I'm EPW Davis Storm just about everywhere now. My Instagram's a private account, but if you request... And you don't look like too much of a creeper, I'm more than happy to open up my life to you. That's you, that you out, Tony. Yeah, I'm, time to time. I'm <laughs> I've knocked, I've knocked back the occasional follow. There's there's some people you just don't need in your private life. So no, trying, um, but yeah, I'm I'm on all the uh, all the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So just find me. I'm out there.
2: And when are we gonna see you over here?
0: Um I was supposed to be there for the last show, actually, and home commitments stole me away from that. So I'm still very much looking at the calendar and trying to negotiate something with MCW management, Uh, but I'm very, very keen to get over there. So I'd say without a doubt you're going to see me over there in the second half of the year.
2: I've got Mikey in here in a couple of weeks. I'll just put him in a headlock until he books it. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Perfect. I, I,
3: sorry, I did see you want to wrestle in Singapore uh, this year. I'm actually travelling to Singapore in three weeks. Any announcements while I'm there that I can actually get this across with my wife? <laughs> uh,
0: no. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Good try.
1: Hey, mate, thanks for joining us. Really do appreciate it again. Let's hope we can
0: make this a yearly thing. Definitely. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. David thanks, Storm
1: mate. joining us here on The Turnbuckle. Welcome back here, second segment of On The Turnbuckle. What a genuine guy Davis Storm is.
2: Oh. Yeah, we love Davis.
3: Yeah,
1: so it's
3: always good to have a chat, mate. And uh, yeah, he's really opened his heart to us. He didn't did, didn't he, he? which
1: was fantastic. And you love, you love to hear that sort of stuff and people just letting their guard down and just being totally honest. And that's exactly the way he was. So uh, we do thank him for his time again. Hey, guys, we've been following the career of a young guy called Kobe. Uh in, in, very early in the show last year, he was one of our early guests, and he was on his journey to becoming a wrestler, and now it's pretty much happening for him, Oshie.
2: Well Yeah, he just started training the first time we spoke to him, and then we had him on a couple of weeks ago because he was having an audition for a movie, and he'd been refereeing. Um, but he's been booked for his first show. And he joins us on the line to have a chat now. Uh, g'day, Kobe, or do we say g'day, day Kid
1: Valiant.
4: Hello, guys. Thank you for having me once again.
1: Thanks for coming on board, mate. Uh, Loving the new name, Kid Valiant. Tell us how you came about.
4: Well, actually, I didn't create that name, believe it or not. I was thinking more of a name called Morpheus because originally I was going to wear a morph suit to the ring. And, yeah, but that plan didn't work, so I created, well, I didn't create it, the uh, Booker actually created the name kid valiant and i just stuck with it
1: nice the the morph suit didn't work because it was you couldn't wrestle in it or just oh
4: well i don't want to get laughed at coming out on my (laughs) first match so like
1: yeah
2: so your first uh match you're working a dark match at Premier pro state warfare on the 6th of april
4: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm um, wrestling one of my um, good mates from training there.
1: So tell us about the uh, the, the process, mate, of, uh, and the nerves, I suppose, of, of actually having your first genuine match.
4: Well, um, so this happened about a month ago. I was just chilling at home, and then I got a message from uh, Premier Pro, and he said, hey, Kobe, how are you? And, I, and the conversation went from there, and, like, um, being a week out, from my actual um, match is actually a pretty exciting and nerve-wracking thing. I mean, um, I talked to George Julio to see if I was ready. He gave me the okay. Um, And I've been working out some things with um, my opponent at training. And um, I'm feeling confident going in this match, but there is also those nerves as, like, it is my first match, and I don't want to muck up. And you can only make a depression once. So, it's a pretty interesting thing making your first match
2: and i heard that there was a spike in ticket sales when you were uh, booked for your first match is that right
4: yeah um i end up booking about 16 seats for family and now my friends are also going so now premier pro will get a big crowd that night i've got my friends bringing who's bringing their friends to the match so it's gonna be a pretty loud
2: pop when i come out well, I'll be there as well.
3: And I'll hundred and ten percent be
2: there. And I'll try and come.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, you keep ticket sales up like that. You'll be booked all over the yeah, exactly. all over Melbourne very quickly.
2: Yeah, so if you wanna if you've been following us since the start and you've listened to Kobe's journey and you are interested in coming out and seeing this match, uh the show is on the sixth, so it's WrestleMania weekend. It's in Sunbury, Premier Pro Wrestling. Um hit up their facebook page i think you should be able to get into the tickets through there hey, yeah we can actually claim him as he's our boy isn't he? he's definitely yeah.
1: our boy yeah, good and we're really proud of you mate congratulations on uh, what is just around the corner for you mate we look forward to catch up with you after that and finding out how it all went
4: thank you very much guys it means a lot to me
1: kid valiant joining us here on the turnbuckle so there you go, guys. Kobe, great to see him uh, moving on in the wrestling world, and hopefully he uh, goes big places. Charlotte Flair was the music that brought us into our second half of the show. WrestleMania, of course, coming in.
2: Yes, and she... We'll go to... When we speak, oh, we'll talk about SmackDown first, I guess, since we've... Go for it. Yeah, so SmackDown Raw was terrible, but SmackDown was an amazing show yeah. this week. The I had a tear in my eye at the end of it.
3: Yeah, well you explained to me over the phone the uh, the ending of the the gauntlet oh. uh, what the usos did and Spoiler it gave, it, ga- it gave me goosebumps no, that, that's how we thought, and so I rushed home to to watch it you know just the usos saying good luck us yeah that that was which really, means brother yeah that that was a, oh, it was a really good moment so it's such a great feel good moment just on tv so you imagine 75,000
2: people but you could see the emotion in the crowd when Kofi was given his opportunity it meant something to like a father and a son like watching yeah. the show and I think it's about wrestling's about moments like that and Wrestlemania's definitely about moments like that I'm really looking forward to it. and then Charlotte obviously won for some reason the Smackdown women's title
3: yeah does that mean it's they're going to um, merge the titles there's or? a week
2: to go we, yeah. anything can happen <laughs> maybe it's just to and put two titles will happen Two title matches. Maybe. Two
3: titles in the same match.
2: Maybe Asuka gets it back before then. Maybe Charlotte has to do double duty. Yeah.
3: But that was a really good match too. Those two have good chemistry. Yeah. That Spanish fly was amazing. Oh.
2: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) That should have been the finish.
1: Yeah. (laughs) uh... Uh, Speaking of people that have seen it all and been there, Eric Bischoff is one of those guys who's been involved in the business for a damn long time and he's announced an Australian tour. Yeah. So it's on the back of Bruce Pritchard.
2: We broke it.
3: Yeah, we, and we broke it there. They, uh, you know, the kind people at the Thornbury Theatre may have left a little bit on the back of the toilet Yes, yeah, so we
2: were in the toilets and they had upcoming events at Thornbury Theatre and Eric Bischoff was announced, was listed. It wasn't meant to be announced to the next day, so we put it up. Yeah, Eric, Eric retweeted us, which was nicer. Look, I'm I was a big WCW fan. It got me back into wrestling yeah. when I'd stopped watching <clears> wrestling, so I am really keen to see Eric. And I may have purchased meet and greet tickets and all for it. So
3: yeah, so that, that's good Tom. So we're allowed to get us something signed. I'm either bringing my Eric Bush, Bischoff book, don't, Controversy Case Cash, or do I bring the Death of WCW? Don't bring the Death of WCW.
1: Okay, all right, I'll bring
3: um, the book then.
2: We have a good relationship with this promoter.
1: Yes,
3: all right. and I would like
2: to keep it. <laughs> all right. So looking forward to that. The dates for that are boys. The dates for that are June the twenty first in Sydney. Uh, June the twenty second in Brisbane and June the twenty third in Melbourne. June the twenty first, my birthday. We should all go to Sydney for my birthday.
1: Oh no, you can't! You've already brought Melbourne tickets. I am mean, come back, but mm. yeah, mm. or you come with us. Yeah, I well, could yeah. too.
3: So, um, we did go see Bruce Pritchard on the weekend. It was fun. It was amazing. It was. We weren't sure what to expect. It was hilarious. Some really good behind the scenes stuff we can't say on the podcast. In house stuff,
2: so. and it was a uh, it wasn't your regular uh, Melbourne indie cra- indie wrestling crowd either. It was a I didn't recognise a lot of people at that at that uh, gig.
3: Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so, yeah, on their back, it'll be
1: it'll go well with Eric. So obviously, uh, Bruce, everything that he said on the podcast was pretty much the show that was. No, no, there's a lot of stuff he says
3: a lot at a live back. event he can't mm. say
2: on the podcast. And- there may have been a lot of stories about uh, illicit substances. Okay. It,
1: yes, mm. allegedly. No, no, yes, exactly right.
2: Uh, Will Series Wrestling have announced their next tour? Yes, it's only three shows, uh, but the first two names that they've announced uh, have got me really excited and contemplating breaking my vow of never going to one of their Friday shows again. And those names are? Or well, you got Joey Janela and Penta. Oh, so yeah, so Pentagram Jr. and and Joey Janela, two of the biggest names that I haven't seen wrestle. So
3: yeah, and Joey Janela was booked previously before he got injured. Uh, so this is good. It's exciting straight out of the,
2: the first two announcements. So yeah, they they probably. Will have more up their sleeve. I would have thought too. So this is going to be a really fun tour. Might be another half of a lucha brother. Oh, there you go.
1: Uh, we spoke lucha. about House party. No, 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 no. no. We
3: There's...
2: spoke
1: about SmackDown. Uh, are there any other? Are there any Australian wrestlers left in Australia? They also everyone's heading overseas.
2: Well, I've seen like a lot of them are in the United States, but Slade Mercer didn't get the memo. He's he's going to Japan. Like he's yeah. going the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of Australian wrestlers are. Yeah. Overseas.
3: Yeah. Good on them. Hopefully, a lot of them get booked on one or two shows. Obviously, they're going to all take their wrestling gear with them. A lot of them are booked. Yeah. So it it's good. shazza has got a lot of shows. Yeah. Watching over there. So and uh, Queensland wrestler Rufio. Uh, yeah. He where's did, he gone? He went to North Korea. Oh, we're not up on that scene. We don't have a North no. Korean podcast about wrestling. Don't believe so. Yeah. I feel
2: like his Twitter account may have been taken over as well because. Yeah last few tweets haven't sounded like they're coming from him.
1: Yeah, so, well, good luck. A booking's a booking, so... Uh, exactly, take it. <laughs> good luck. Uh, Kurt Angle, farewell tour, boys. Are we uh, excited? Are we looking forward to this?
2: It's been good. I, uh, I, I'm i not a fan of his current work. It's been I've been outspoken about that. But I've enjoyed seeing him wrestle against uh, the TNA guys that have been such a big part of his post-WWE career. Um, and also, like, so he's been wrestling as aj's and the samoa joes and it's been really good
3: yeah so i'm assuming next week he's wrestling against christian cage uh, or jeff jarrett jeff jarrett you know that that would actually be dixie carter
2: karen jarrett i tell you what uh ec3 EC3 might even get a gig
3: yeah karen jarrett on a pole
2: match or something well if they can get kurt to wrestle on um what's the pre-show uh superstars maybe he'll get an EC3 match yeah uh,
3: yeah it it is a little bit awkward seeing him in the ring he's hunched over you know he, yeah. his body is that banged no, it up yeah, it is, so it? but it's a nice way for him to be saying goodbye To everyone in the lead up to WrestleMania.
1: Now, one of the biggest things about uh, when the WWE came to Melbourne was the fact that we had all those shows hanging around on the weekend and it was just a great festival of wrestling for a few days. Reports are, boys, at the moment. I'll get your thoughts on it. The WWE are trying to prevent indie shows from appearing in Tampa around WrestleMania next year.
2: Yeah, one of the big things about WrestleMania is that you get to go and see all the other sh- all the indie companies working <laughs> around WrestleMania.
3: Yeah, it's like Christmas to uh, any wrestling fan. There's that many shows. You can't go to all of them obviously, so it's going to be very interesting. I don't Well, they've just no. been
2: booking out the halls. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, you know, it's sad because I think WrestleMania it's Yes, everyone's going there for WrestleMania, but it's actually a destination that you can actually cram in a lot of wrestling mm. and stuff. So, what's an hour from Tampa? Everyone just booked. Yeah, there. just go out. Hopefully, it's got a good yeah. transit system and still get as many shows. It's good for the workers. As sure, well. they have.
1: Let's have a look at some of the upcoming shows around Australia, boys. Friday, March the 29th. ninth of course is this Friday. WPW Uncensored is on at the Civic Hotel in Perth. On Saturday, March the 30th, Newcastle Pro Wrestling is on at the Club Charlestown Adelaide Championship Wrestling Evolve 21 PCW Ignition Also on in Ferntree Gully, Lucas Daniels will address his injury and what it means for his title reign. Gippsland Pro Wrestling have a stat card including Slade Mercer and a GPW debut for Edward Dusk NAW Pure is at Glenroy Bowls Club in Melbourne. Uh, Venom Pro Wrestling presents Ascension 4 at Yatala, which is between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. They've got a great card there including Richie Taylor and a match between Tar Lee and Sid Parker.
2: Should be quite interesting. Yeah, that'd Yes, that would be worth price of admission alone. Yeah,
1: So that's uh, all the wrestling that's coming up this weekend here around Australia. If you've got any ideas for podcasts, give us a yell at my podcast house or uh, on the Turbuckle through our Facebook
2: pages and we can help you Get on air. So next week, uh, Tony, you've promised us a guest. A huge guest, you said. Massive. Who have we got? Who who is it, Tony? No,
1: it's going to be a surprise.
3: A surprise. A surprise That sounds
2: suspiciously like someone who hasn't organised a guest. It'll be a
3: surprise guest. Uh, Interesting. Uh, The guest I'm
2: trying to organise. Is it going to be Loverboy?
1: I oh, don't tease that. The it guest I'm it. trying to organise may not be available, so I will work, but I will have a guest for next week.
2: If you don't, can you let me know so that we can try and get someone? No. <laughs> so we say- just have no one? We'll, no, we'll have when, someone. When you're reaching out, are you it's saying? WrestleMania it's WrestleMania weekend next weekend. We need to have someone. Yeah. All right.
3: Just make sure they know it's Tom. Shebecky, yeah, asking.
2: Hi, it's it's Terry. Thanks for
1: joining us, Terry Sineski, <laughs> for another episode of On the Turn Buckle. Uh, thanks to David Storm for his involvement in the show earlier on as well. Boys, we'll catch you next week with our special guest. Special Looking forward guest. to bringing him in and having up, a chat. Honey. It is going to be
2: huge. huge. Undersell, over deliver. Come on, Tony. <laughs> hey. Talk to you next week till then.